Okay, a little Grateful Dead opening the show. I got to do it because, you know, Jeff Harmatz here can't can't show up doing the podcast with his shirt off and his, his crazy homeless hair. And I not think that we're getting a little crunchy groovy in here. But, Todd, I told you that I, I don't feel good about my body, but it's just so goddamn hot in this little tiny room in your backyard. Way to body, body shame, Todd. Way to body shame. It was not body. <laughs> were you comparing me to Jerry Garcia? Well, no, I mean, there's a lot of big hair going on, okay? Oh, if you had your beard, he totally would have been doing that. No, I mean, Jerry Garcia was a heavy, heavy man, and you are not a heavy I'm man. I'm not a heavy man. But you are a furry man. You I are am a very furry. Hirsute man. I'm more like the Grateful Dead Bear than I am like a man. <laughs> the Grateful Oh, yeah, like on the... You're like the bumper sticker, yep. not, the, not the actual band. Uh, Dead are playing like two days in Irvine. I was like, oh, I want to go see it. You know, maybe fun. You know? Aren't they all dead? All puns intended? No. No, no. It's just, just Jerry Garcia. Yeah, just Gary. So they have a John Mayer. Oh, you. Oh, that's that's right. They're still doing that. Yeah, they have John. And actually, the scary thing is, like, John Mayer is a fucking really good guitar player and a big deadhead. Yeah, and so he's actually really good. And you go, I don't want to like this. I want to hate everything about this. And then you watch him, and you're like, Ah, oh, fuck! I kind of like John Mayer. I didn't want to like John Mayer, you know. I didn't want to, but after like three songs, you're like, oh, this is fucking great. This is. I could see. I could get out there and get real messed up. And real quick, this maybe this is common knowledge, but I was hearing from people that when Jerry Garcia died, the acid network that existed in the United States dried up because it was based on following the dead. So the acid network was Grateful Dead's touring. Uh, and since Jerry Garcia died, that's why it's hard to get acid now because the network kind of disappeared when he died. I heard slightly differently because Garcia died in 95. Like the rave scene into the late 90s, still there was a lot of acid going on. And I heard like in 98, there was one guy that supplied all the acid to like all the West Coast to all the raves really? and stuff. There was like one guy and he got busted. And then you couldn't get acid anywhere anymore. That's that's what I recall. But right. I'm sure oh, well, I'm I, sure the dead show was a good like if you were the acid dealer of America, mm. that's where it's happening. Because I doubt people like importing acid from Mexico. Mm. You know, I think it was it's just some dude in Humboldt. You know, yeah, we're, making we're, it. We we're proud of our homegrown shit made in the USA, right <laughs> on the right. back of every tab. Mm. So, uh, announcer, before today we're going to talk about famous hoaxes on the show. Uh, but before we get into that, we just took a break. We recorded a show earlier today, and we're coming to the second one. And Elliot was saying, oh, my God, you know, I, 
I quit smoking, and I, it really doesn't bother me until I finish one podcast. And the be, breaks. The breaks in between the other, because that used to always be smoking time. Everybody would go out and smoke. And now, Jeff, you're what? You're, you're two weeks out of not no, smoking? No, I haven't had a cigarette since uh, Leap Day, February 29th. Oh, so you so. do So it's almost right about the last time I've talked to Buck. Yeah, I think I remember smoking a lot the last time I was here on the show, and then that might have been the week that I quit. Yeah. So That's good. Yes. And so what did, what what was your technique that you used for people out there that want to quit smoking that listen? I was so I was a very heavy smoker. I would smoke about a pack a day and Yeah, guess, and you you rolled your own too. I did roll my own. I would use filters, so it wasn't like fucking, you know. You weren't a savage. Yeah, I wasn't a savage, but um I had like a sore throat and it was just it was at a point where I was really unpleasant, so I was just like I just stopped. I just had a cigarette and I was like I really didn't enjoy that, so I just didn't have another one. And I have the luxury. It was not. It was cold turkey, but it was not easy. Um, I have the luxury. I work at home. I work from home, I guess. So I don't yeah. have to be anywhere. I can do the work that I do drunk. I sometimes am more productive when I'm drunk. But the first two weeks that I quit smoking, I really leaned into my alcohol addiction. That's I would weird. go through like a bottle of gin a day. Like, wow. Because well, because I I found that especially when I first because I smoke. Once every six weeks, I'll be at a bar and buy my smoke off. Like I, I rarely mm. smoke uh, ever, but I used to like smoke a pack a day. And I found that when I first stopped regularly smoking, if I'd be at a bar and I'd have a couple drinks, that's when I'd be like, <gasps> I want to have a smoke. Like right now, I don't give a shit. I, could, I have no interest in it. But well, so every time I wanted to have a cigarette, I would like just take a swig from the bottle of gin, and that was what I would do. And I kept working, and I got depressed. And the first two weeks were really bad, but I made it through those first two weeks. And uh, I came out on the other side. I'm good. I've I've smoked joints. I've rolled people's cigarettes. You can have cigarettes in front of me. It's not a problem. I don't think I've smoked the last cigarette I'll ever have. But um, for now, I'm totally off cigarettes. I'm very happy about it. Yeah. The problem is, and I'm in a room with guys who have quit smoking, so I'm sure you guys can weigh in on this. The thing that happened to me when I quit smoking, aside from putting on weight, which I am a little fatter than I wish I was, but um, I guess this is even part of it. It really wrecks havoc with your digestive system. So mm. I used to wake up, have a cigarette, <laughs> get all my farting out because I live with my girlfriend and I don't want to fart around her, and then I would take a big, perfect shit every morning right just, after my cigarette. Just beautiful. Wonderful, sensational shit. Mm -hmm. And now... My shitting is—it's uh, all out of whack. And when they, when they, when you—you're irreg irregular because of it. I'm irregular. I'm shitting sometimes three times a day, sometimes no times a day. It's sometimes super loose. It's like there's no. Are, consistency are you like a, to are you it. like a prisoner or on the wall? You have like you write like a line every time you take a dump. I'm and kind then of getting another to line, that. Yeah. Line through it after five. <laughs> but that's the thing they don't tell you in the quitting smoking literature is that you're not going to shit well for a long. And did you guys experience this at all? No. No. So I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I quit smoking in the morning a long time before I quit smoking. Okay. So smoke, I, smoking in the morning for me was the worst. Do you remember when we do the early shows and I'd have a cigarette and I'd shake? Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. We would sit down and we'd be doing the show at 10 in the morning or whatever. We used to do far out in the morning. We'd, we'd, we'd drink. So I'd have a cigarette because if I'm drinking, I want to have a cigarette. And he would be shaking like a drunk. So I get smoking gives me really bad high blood pressure. So I wouldn't smoke in the morning because then I just start shaking. So I I wouldn't do it in the morning. So I never had that problem. But definitely, uh, yeah, the smoking and the shitting. 
there is that weird little, there's that phase that if you haven't been smoking a super long time, your body's going to be uh, kind of maladjusted towards it. Yeah, I, I had no problem with it. I because well, I think because I gradually, uh, yeah, I, tapered off. I tapered off. Like I use like Nicorette gum, and then I would smoke ultralights, and then I got to the point to where I was like, oh, now it's been three days since I smoked. Now it's been five days. Now mm-hmm. okay, then I bummed a cigarette off somebody at the at the bar, and then gradually to the point to where I could go out and bum a smoke off somebody at the bar, and then not worry about it for two months. Like I just I don't care. And when I see people that smoke constantly, I'm like, how do you do that's terrible. I'm so glad not to be tied into that. And it was at a point when when I was smoking so heavily it made me depressed. Like I would have a cigarette and then like it would put off like the negative thoughts in my mind. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a bummer doing it all the time. The only time it was good is when you got real wasted and were at a party and sat in chain smoke talk with a bunch of people having a good time. That was the only time I found it pleasurable. So uh Last weekend, this week, I was talking with my wife. Uh, Elliot, announcer Elliot, was over mm-hmm. the last, before this weekend, the last two weekends on like Sundays, you happened to be at my house, whether, and we were like barbecuing uh, hamburgers mm-hmm. a couple, couple weekends in a row. And uh, Elliot is great because Elliot thinks he can drink like Charles Bukowski. I think Elliot thinks he's a real... I just forget. <laughs> ...world-class drinker. Elliot doesn't have very much tolerance. And Elliot usually gets real slurry real quickly. Mm-hmm. Correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just forget. Yeah, Elliot, I, I have a few drinks and I forget. Usually by the end is. of a session of the Far Out podcast, I can hear you kind of starting to slur a little bit. Yeah, I get real, <laughs> I get real messy. Yeah, and I, I ain't mad at it. But it's just kind of funny. So, like, the last two weekends, you know, and at the end, like, my wife would come home from wherever and be me and Elliot sitting here with a bunch of open beer cans around us and me holding a baby. And then Elliot would become the baby whisperer, where Elliot would be like, all right, uh, here's what you do with the baby. Okay, here's what the baby wants. And Elliot suddenly fucking knew everything about child rearing, right? So, fast forward to this week. My wife and I are making, like, arrangements to, like... uh, uh, there's a woman in the neighborhood that's going to watch our kid when my wife gets back to work and I have to work during the day. And uh, and the woman can do it like two days a week so till uh, April and then she's like five days a week. So we have to like improvise. For, whoa! We have to improvise for three days a week. So we needed like other people to, you know, watch the kid. So I told my wife, I said, you know, Elliot. No. <laughs> I said... <laughs> I said, Elliot, you told me, babe. You said, Elliot's the baby whisperer after about six beers. I said, Elliot's in school right now. Why don't we just hire Elliot to be the nanny for a couple days a week? The manny, like while I'm working at home, we'll have Elliot watch the baby. And I'm sure Elliot can use a couple bucks. We'll throw him some bones. You know, it'll be, you know, it'll it'll all be under the table. You won't have to pay any taxes on it. And uh, we'll just have Elliot watch the child. And my wife paused for a moment and was like, no fucking way. <laughs> so, but Elliot, man to man, would you be my manny? You're, before uh, the baby was born, your wife was considering it? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We thought about it. We're like, Elliot can just hang out and watch the kid. Sober manny? Yeah. Am I going to be paid to leave, like, be left with your screaming kid? Yeah, no. I mean, we, get, we give you like, you know, $9, $10 an hour. And, uh, you know, for... How, how does your five, teddy milk compare it? Uh, yeah, how is that? Well, I gotta, I gotta see you produce Irish versus gotta, Scottish. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta see the Irish titty milk. I gotta see what you're brewing there. Well, the Irish is uh, the Irish is a more uh, you know subtle, sweeter flavor. The Scottish is that 
bitter peaty flavor into it. <laughs> Children don't like it. You're, you're, that, have you ever met a Scotsman? Yeah. That's why they're so foul. <laughs> Your teddy milk is aged. <laughs> Feed my baby a Scottish single malt. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, evidently, the, the idea died in Congress in my house, but the idea was for a moment, Elliot Tiggin, the Manny, <laughs> in, which, in which also you would have had to dress like Agador Spartacus from the birdcage, and you'd, you'd just basically be wearing some really short shorts and flip-flops and walking around the house. I got the flip-flops. Okay. No, no OP shorts. <laughs> no, but you can buy them. So, I was thinking the other day. There's a lot of uh, there's a weird there was a weird news story going around, which I don't believe, but people say people bring it up. I don't know. I'm hearing things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna You've do got Donald, your ear to the ground as always. I'm going to do my Donald Trump thing, and where you don't say that actually you know something's happening. You go, I don't know. I'm hearing things. People are talking. <laughs> Whenever you want to say something terrible about mm-hmm. something, you'll be like, uh, I hear that. Uh, you know, Jeff Harmatz uh, raises veal. I don't know. I'm just hearing things. I, I don't think that's a bit negative thing at all. You don't think <laughs> they do to veal? You know what they do to baby cows? Uh, yeah, man, but it's a cow and it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> I have enough room to start a veal farm. You're giving me ideas. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just hearing things. <laughs> but somebody was just hearing things one day and they're telling me, they're like, D- you know, you know, the, the, the Donald Trump is just a plant by the evil Clintons, right? And there's this whole, like, amongst the Sanders crowd, they were saying that uh, Hillary was so diabolical and devious that uh, she had created Donald Trump to win the GOP nomination to then tank the party and give the election to Hillary. People were saying this. I have heard that, yes. Yeah, I mean, people bring it up. Like, you will get probably, I'm sure, in Echo Park where you live, Jeff. I live in Silver Lake. I've moved from Echo Park to Silver Lake. I'm on my way up. Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. You going to Los Feliz next? <laughs> more, more, ri- more rich gays in your neighborhood, I understand. So, but I'm sure that you could seriously, out of ten people you know, mm. get about five agreeing in a circle going, oh, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Probably more than five. Mm-hmm. Elliot, can I have a beer? So, although I don't believe that's happening... Wouldn't that be the best if that was happening, though? That would be tremendous. It would be kind of funny. I would. Everybody would just put their hands up and do that. You know, people that have that sense. I don't know if there's a best case scenario of any of this situation. <laughs> well, you know, people have that meme that they put up on Friday and it says "fuck it, it's Friday" and it's a guy ripping up paper and just throwing it in the air. That would be just America. We just go fuck it, whatever. So, but there have been. <laughs> broadcaster. There have been other hoaxes throughout history. You like that setup? Yeah, pretty, took a, pretty smooth. It took a current event. Yeah. Right? Got people enticed and then said, to, just, just to move it into the list here. This is, I, I mean, I'm not the king of clickbait for no reason, okay? <laughs> is that your official title these days, no. king of clickbait? No, I, I'm actually the king of, like, I, someone, my boss the other day, because one, one of my side jobs is writing uh, trending content. And I had 44 million page views on shit I'd God written damn. over the last year and a half. God damn. And the second place guy at, at our company had 13. So I am the king of trending content. Anyway, king of clickbait. And, I and get, Elliot is the king of masturbate. Um, yeah, no, that's true. So let's go over this. 44,000. Uh, Elliot. <laughs> the other guy behind me was 13. <laughs> So, Elliot, we have some great hoaxes throughout history, so let's read them, let's discuss times when uh, the people, the people have been led astray. All right, uh, first one off, Mary Toff's bunny births. 
1726 England, a young woman named Mary Toft told a neighbor that she had been sexually assaulted by a huge rabbit while weeding a nearby field. Hmm. Her story was dismissed as a bizarre delusion until six months later, a doctor was called to her bedside. According to his bubble, his published report, the woman gave birth to five bunnies. While news of the strange birth spread throughout Europe, England and Europe. While news of the strange birth spread throughout England and Europe, Toffs gave birth to many more rabbits, astounding many learned men of the day. Eventually, skeptical investigators exposed her as she confessed to having her husband secretly hide bunnies in her bedsheets, whereupon she would further secrete them in what she euphemistically called the dumb oracle. Mm. So that's the weird moment when the person's like the doctor's coming in and then, but don't you have to have like the, 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 the bunny be like slimy and have all that like vaginal stuff on it when it comes out? Cause you, you know I've, I mean? I've never seen uh, my wife give birth, uh, mm. but perhaps you have, and you know that the, the yes. you got to know about the slime. Yes, there's a there's a loud. It's called like vertex or something. There's a whole bunch of like. It's like you uh, you, you you dipped your baby in a like a, a like a congealed milk. Oh, yeah, and it's like ah, it's it's horrifying. Oh my, it's God. terrible. So yeah, bunny would be slimy, right? I think you you'd, you'd birth a slimy baby bunny. It wouldn't just be like all. Like the Cadbury egg commercial. <laughs> it wouldn't come out looking all cute, right? It'd be a rough-looking bunny. Yeah. I told you I know about this story. <laughs> yeah, they were slimy. How, how they do you, went, okay, wait. How do you know that? I know most of these hoaxes were going to go over, sadly. <laughs> but yeah, I heard, I heard a really long, in-depth version of this, and it's really disgusting. <laughs> well, what did she do? Did she, like, shove the, the baby bunnies in her vagina? And then they pulled them out by the ears? Like a rabbit in the hat trick? Kind of. You know, maybe maybe her and her husband just got caught doing like some freaky sex before that kind of freaky sex was permitted. Not that bestiality is really okay in 2016, but yeah. then that was just her excuse. Oh, a bunny raped me months ago, and this is—they're just coming out. I'm just having their babies now. It's not—it's not a sex thing. It's just a—it's a, it's a crime. Maybe the the bunny was the 1700s version of the gerbil, <laughs> and then people would. People still do that with gerbils? Is that is that still a thing? I don't I, think that was ever really a thing. I gotta assume it's become a thing if it wasn't a thing at the time. I, okay, I'll, I'll agree to that. It might have been homophobic propaganda, because I feel like in the early 90s as a child, I heard that if you're a homosexual man, basically you shove gerbils up your body. And then somehow it transferred to Richard Gere, of all people. Yeah. I just think... Once something's in the sexual sphere, it's cool. people are going to like experiment with that. They're going to use that as like a touchstone. They're going to move forward from there. Like the spicy orgasm. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we put something out there in the world. <laughs> Spicegasm. <laughs> Spicegasm. <laughs> Spicegasm. Sorry, what else, what else we got in there? The Cardiff Giant. Mm. In 1869, George Hull created a fake 10-foot-tall petrified man then buried and exhumed it from his cousin's backyard in Cardiff, New York. Upon discovery of the giant, they immediately began changing, charging spectators 50 cents to see it. The giant became such a phenomenon that Hall managed to sell his part interest in the Cardiff giant for 23000 Do you guys want to guess the adjust for inflation? Uh, tell, tell me. Jeff? So what was the year again? Uh... 1869. Adjusted for inflation, 23,000. 4 million. Lower, 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 lower. 120,000. What is it? What is it? 
All right. Still a good amount. Yeah. Yep. Not bad. A year later, uh, to stop P.T. Barnum from profiting off an unauthorized copy, Hull confessed in court that the Petrified Man was a forgery. Barnum's, therefore, was proven to be also a fake. Yeah. Well, you know, they used to have Ringling, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus back in the 80s. When I, when I was, they still have it. When I was a kid, they had the unicorn. Oh. Oh, they don't still have that. No, it was a goat. It was like a goat that they stuck like something that looked like a dildo in its Ooh. forehead. And they were like, it's the world's only living unicorn. It was always alive. It wasn't like even bones. No, it wasn't bones. It was like it was like they stuck some like some kind of gold dildo looking thing. So the sexual fetish thing again, it's it's probably going to be happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that wanted to interface with that because it was firm it was long it was like right on the head you know feisty goats is that is that corporate speak for sex is that like saying like i'll I'll reach out i'll reach out to you sometime like i'll reach i'll reach out soon at three in the morning on a friday night yeah let's interface yeah Yeah. let's interface let me interface with that dildo on your head so ringling brothers was doing it with that so i can only imagine just but i like the fact that a guy's like i dug up a giant in my backyard like i'm like, how would a giant get in the backyard? Like, what's the story you write about that? How do you, People were very gullible back in the day, I feel. I think so, too, but uh, I think people can be just as gullible today. I think I'm waiting for somebody yeah. to come up with the next card of giant. Like Alex Jones, for example. There yeah. are people that are very serious about Alex Jones, right? And the guy is full of shit, right? There's a lot of stuff out there that's completely full of shit, so... I don't know, maybe they're just as gullible. Maybe people still want to believe in ridiculous things. I think so. What else we got there, Elliot? BBC Spaghetti Hoax. On April Fool's Day, because they always have great stories that are always truthful on April Fool's Day, 1957, the BBC aired a short TV segment about harvesting of spaghetti, oh, Jesus, of the spaghetti trees in Switzerland. Mm. At the time, not everyone knew how pasta was made. (laughs) <laughs> so to them, a spaghetti orchard seemed just as plausible as anything else. An orchard? Orchard. <laughs> orchard. Is that Scottish? For- Aye. Aye. It's an orchard. That's where we get a spaghetti from. <laughs> about El- Now, you're going to get me started on that. What, what were we saying earlier about Elliot having a couple of drinks? And- <laughs> about 8 million people watched the broadcast, which CNN later called the biggest hoax that any reputable news establishment ever pulled. So basically a whole bunch of English people wanted to get spaghetti trees and were interested in the new spaghetti crop. Why did they – spaghetti is Italian. Why did they say it was Swedish trees? Mm. I, mean, that, I mean, but I, mean, I think that's the thing. I think when you really start – like any great piece of bullshit is all about the details. Mm-hmm. And then if you would, were to say they were in Italy, you'd go, eh, sounds like bullshit. But they're in Sweden. Well – that's another degree you're thinking out of the box on. Fair enough. But you know, and because you don't know. People know things about Italy. Do you really know what's going on in Sweden? <laughs> Do you really know? There either? <laughs> <laughs> Have we really looked up the lederhosen? Okay. Do we really know what's going on with them shoes? Those big titty blondes? Man, you're, you're shooting all over Europe right now. <laughs> I don't know. And the Dutch and the Luxembourgs. I can understand the Brexit now, people. We don't know what these people are doing. Oh, yeah, this makes Brexit really seem plausible. What else we got in there? What are some other hoaxes? The unbeatable mechanical chess player. Known as the Turk, this 18th century automated chess-playing robot toured the world for a 
staggering 84 years and defeated thousands of human players in the process. Thing was, though, that the Turk didn't know how to play chess at all. Instead, a chess master would hide its table and manipulate the pieces via magnets. Under, under the table? Not hide his table? Hide inside okay. its table. So I guess... So you have the Turk, which is a big robot. He's attached game. to the, the, the table. I think I've seen pictures of the Turk. Yeah, and then beneath it is a, a table, and there's a guy. And, and I'm sure it's like a metal table, so I'm sure it's not cool in there. Oh. I'm sure the, the, the chess master is sweating his, his Russian balls off. He's, beneath the, he's Kenny Bakering it in there. <laughs> I'd say this is pretty deep for a scam. Yeah. Trying to just pass off a robot? Well, I mean, not just a, a robot. Ro- <laughs> not just a robot, but... A chess-playing robot? Yeah. Because you got to be damn good at chess to be the best chess robot. And they, honestly, we know that Turkish people are all fucking idiots, so how would they be good at chess, right? <laughs> if they're still looking for Bobby Fischer, maybe he's hiding under that metal table. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, <laughs> it's good. I, uh, you know, it's like they have in, um, have you ever been to the Magic Castle in Hollywood? Yes. It's been a while, but the, the piano, was that where you're... Yeah, the piano guy. Yeah. And you yell, like, jazz songs or music at, the, at this piano, and then it plays it. And mm-hmm. you're like, how do how do it do it? I, I yelled. I was like, play Round Midnight by Thelonious Monk. The fucking thing played Round Midnight by Thelonious Monk. And I'm like, okay, obviously there's a guy in there, right? Mm. But how does he know what you're going to play? See, that'd be way what more... What you going to say? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was way more impressive in the 90s when I was a kid and I was taken there. Because now all you have to do is say, play this. And it's just like a DJ at a party just goes on iTunes, presses the button... But you figure there's also nine people yelling, play this, mm. and one of them, you're going to know one out of nine songs. And it's probably, it's like a, a, you know, if I say, think of a number between one and a hundred, it's like, you know, 20% of everybody says 37. It's just like some weird thing yeah. where the people know the way you do things, but I don't know. Magic. Or, yeah, or, or it could just be magic. Magic. Yeah. Let's just say it's magic. Yeah. It's a magic asshole. Yeah. Um, uh, just a lot of these seem like they're kind of racist, these hoaxes. I know they're older uh, hoaxes, <laughs> but they all have like a very specific like national identity associated with them. Well, that's because you're... You mean you, British? You don't, you don't, <laughs> so far, they've all been British. But the Turk, the Swedish spaghetti farms. <laughs> the Swedish The Pascetti farm, that's been aimed at uh, the British. Uh, the Cardiff. Cardiff. That's Britain. Uh, Mary Toft. Britain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Brexit. Those meat, Brexit. Old, meat old Brits. Brexit. <laughs> That's all I got to say. What else we got? Masked Marauders. Uh, the editors of Rolling Stone magazine tried, decided to try an experiment in... Uh, Just deep breath. Uh, right. and, uh, no, there's bad punch. Announcer Elliot is. is we're going to have an announcer Vernon next week. <laughs> we're going to lose the announcing job. Well, then you should get some copywriters. Uh, <laughs> oh, who this? Wow. <laughs> Buck, you hearing this? You hearing this in heaven, Buck? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just sitting up here. I can't see what's going on down there. The editors of Rolling Stone magazine decided to try an experiment in 1969. They printed a review of the fake album of a non-existent band they called the Masked Marauders, which they claimed was a supergroup that included Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, and Paul McCartney, all playing under pseudonyms, of course. Hmm. Uh, if the traveling Wilburys is anything to go by, we weren't missing much with that Mask Marauders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on! Uh, there's no, a there's couple some of good, good stuff. There's, there's, 
<laughs> the Wilbury twist. Everybody's talking about the Wilbury twist. Rolling Stone then took the joke one step further by hiring an obscure California band to record a full Mask Marauders album. All told, the Mask Marauders spent 12 weeks on the Billboard charts and sold more than 100,000 copies. Not bad for a group that never existed. I, but. but I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I guess in 1969 that record would be pretty damn good because you have Dylan still writing. I mean, well, John Wesley Harding by Dylan came right around then, which is not one of his best records. But you have the Beatles in Abbey Road form, mm-hmm. so that's uh, that, that's totally good there. Um, yeah, the weird thing is the supergroup tends not to pan out, but yes. the, I will say the first Traveling Wilburys record is actually pretty damn good. The it's second good. one, like second one's a little shaky. All right, it's just you want you expect you have higher hopes than what comes out on the on the record. When you first hear about That's that right. record as a kid, you're like, oh, this is gonna be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I don't know. Led Zeppelin was a fucking supergroup. That's true. Yeah, and they were so successful they just became a group. Correct. <laughs> and then the, they became the most supergroup. <laughs> and then there was uh, the Highwaymen. Which was like Willie Nelson, Ooh, Johnny good. Cash, or something. I don't know. It was a bunch of those people. <laughs> made a, made a <laughs> those <group>. people. <laughs> Whites. <laughs> a bunch of, you know, country. White people. You can say it. It's fine. Uh, there, there was We're All in the Same Gang, the West Coast Rap All Stars. Oh, I don't know those. It, it was like, I don't know that one. <laughs> it was Tone Loke, Hammer, Easy E, <laughs> Michelle A. I wouldn't call too many of those All Stars. <laughs> Easy E Hammer. Easy well, you want to split Loke. hairs? I'm a big Tone Loke fan <laughs> for his two songs. Young MC. <laughs> Young MC is pretty good. Um, so you guys might have heard about this, and I feel like something like this happened recently, where somebody claimed that this new song was by some famous people, and then it turned out it wasn't really by those famous people. Like, is this ringing any bells with you guys? Something like this happening in the 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s. No, what was this? No, just what the Mass Marauders were, but for... Like Millie Vanilli? No, just more no, modern era. Like There were guys like right in the beginning of like like Napster era where people would make a song that sounded like Radiohead mm-hmm. and put it out and you'd think it was like a leak on the new record. Ween had a famous fake Ween song that was like popping around for a long time that turned up to two guys who just made one good song and everything else was terrible. Okay. Did you see the... Uh, Netflix documentary called Orion. Not nope. yet. Oh, yeah, it's good. Tonight. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's this guy. Um, right after Elvis Presley died, there was this guy, and he was a country western singer that sounded exactly like Elvis. Like, if you, you, re- you listen to him, and it sounds completely like Elvis. Like, there was no, there's no inch or air of difference between him. So. Sun Studios started putting out these recordings saying that it was like Jerry Lee Lewis and somebody, (laughs) wink, wink, that was Elvis, right? So then they put out this record called Orion, and it was this guy, and he kind of looked like Elvis, and he was just wearing a mask. So it was kind of like, like a like, domino like mask, like a Robin from Batman and Robin mask. Yeah, 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 or yeah, or like my sleep mask, but with a whole yeah, like a Robin mask, and it was like that would conceal his whole thing because like anything in pop culture is always like if you just slightly obscure the eyes, <laughs> no one knows who you are. Like you could be Patton Oswalt with that thing on and and say you're Kate Moss, and no one would could be. It was like when in wrestling when they had the machines back in the day. Which is Andre the Giant got banned from wrestling. No, I was nine when this was happening, so it was okay I knew about it. If you know about pro wrestling after the age of 10, 
I, I can judge you. Negatively. I always give a pass to any Andre the Giant shit because that dude was dope. Yeah. To be fair, so, Jeff, you look like a pro wrestler right now. <laughs> he looks like who's that guy? Mankind. Jack your dog. Mankind. Mankind yeah. <laughs> oh. Or do you mean Cactus Jack? That <laughs> too. No. So what happened was uh, Andre the Giant just put a mask on. And they called him the giant machine, right? <laughs> and the, it was like, is it Andre the Giant? And people were like, we don't know. It's like, no shit. It's fucking, <laughs> you can't, you, you could put a pumpkin on his head and it's Andre the Giant. No, I am not Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this guy, Orion, would then tour and all these people that still wanted Elvis to be alive were very excited to see him. And he put out like a bunch of albums that sold a shitload. But then the guy like, the guy's getting interviewed. It's like, I'm getting fucking tired of this shit <laughs> because everywhere he goes, he has to wear this mask and it's hot and he's making a ton of money, but it's a really miserable experience in the end. And I think he dies of alcoholism or something, but the guy um, had a whole career, like a big time. It was a whole thing. When I was really little, I remember hearing about this guy. But yeah, oh Ryan, look it up on Netflix. It's pretty fun. Um, and do you remember the 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 zombies? The they broke up when they got big. When time of the season became a big song. Yes, so great band. There were fake zombies touring the country. Right. Oh well, in America they were not allowed to play because they were called the zombies. Really? Yes. There's a lot of bands, British invasion bands, because of the names they weren't allowed to play, like the Kinks. The, the Kinks. Kinks were banned from America during their be their best era. But, th but that's because they were fighting, right? No. Kinks, zombies, it's just the name. So they, uh, 1960s, uh, they would ban their, well, it started in the 50s, but they would ban uh, certain bands from coming over here because of their names, because it was obscene. Well, and they the gave them, there was also an excuse because it was like a musician's union thing. And so the, the Kinks from like 65 to 70 couldn't play in America during their most kind of, one would say, fertile time when they put out their best records. So, their kinkiest time. Yeah. So no one realized that Arthur and the Village Green Preservation Society were great records in America till you know, the year 2000. But there was always bands called the Kinks and the Zombies playing in America mm -hmm. to make profit. I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> uh, uh, let's, start, let's start a Radiohead band. Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Farhawk Podcast. Thank you, announcer Elliot. Thank you. And thank you, mankind, Jeff Harmat. <laughs> oh, Jeff, Jeff. Oh, you, you had more stuff to promote. Yeah, promote. I have another plug. Um, I'm involved with this uh, renegade television network called Highland Park TV. Uh, some of the shows are starting to show up on YouTube, so you can check those out. Uh, what are you doing for that? I have I have a few shows. My my primary show is called Apples and Oranges. It's the vegetable debate show. It's, it's usually me and... Another person extremely drunk arguing about vegetables for 15 minutes. Um, I have a few other shows, some surprises coming out. Um, I guess uh, I have the I have a sitcom I wrote, and uh, I play as Julian Casablancas in the Julian Casablancas show, a late night talk show hosted <laughs> by Julian Casablancas. I, b I bet he's an asshole. Uh, you should watch the show. Uh, you can find out how the real Julian Casablancas acts. But Highland Park TV on YouTube. Do you know what can be found? Sit home all alone If you can't come around At least please telephone Don't be cruel Do a hard is true Baby, if I made a man Something I might have said Please forget my past The future looks bright ahead Don't be cruel Do a hard is true I don't want no other love 